Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I haven't seen a manuscript, but uh, I can tell you nothing was ever said to John Bolton, but I have not seen a manuscript. I guess he's writing a book. I have not seen it. I was never a walrus fan. I've told you the famous story. Oh, welcome to the Savage Nation. I'm sorry, this is not a personal telephone call between me and a friend. It's a uh, international broadcast heard by millions of people around the world. It's the number two streaming talk radio show in the world. Despite what those who want to vilify me may have you believe, numbers do not lie. And, you know, it seems to me right now, looking at the defense today of Trump, uh, we'll talk about the Kobe crash. We'll talk about the, the Auschwitz 75th anniversary of its liberation today, liberated, by the way, by the Russians, the very same Russians the Democrats are vilifying, broke the doors of Auschwitz open. And we'll go into all of that. But looking at the job Jay Sekulow did today, it was brilliant. But it doesn't really matter. It seems to me, one man's opinion, make believe we're sitting in a booth in an Italian restaurant, sipping a cup of coffee together. And you're sitting across from me. And I'm going to say to you, it seems to me that no matter what logic is presented, whatever facts are presented to defend Donald Trump, there is no logic, there's no reason. There's just race, class, warfare. You've got socialists, communists, feminists, and minorities ganged up against Trump. And of course, you've got the psychos in the media who should be arrested for what they're doing. Yes, I just said that. The head of CNN belongs in a, in a prison cell with Harvey Weinstein. The guy who runs CNN who looks like Weinstein's illegitimate brother is fomenting a race war in this country. I want you to listen to the soundbite. I couldn't believe they'd go this low. Here is a guy named Jeffrey Tubin who's lost his mind altogether. Incidentally, the last I checked, he was a Caucasian. Listen to the vile nature of this statement on CNN. White House and white people. Um, I mean, you know, th this is a lesson in the diversity of the two parties. I mean, you look at the House managers, stop. it was Just almost stop. evenly. You know, I could get angry. What is the point? When you have people who are this deranged and this racist and don't even know they're deranged and racist, they're not going to listen to anything that you present to them. You know, that's like saying you go into a surgery, a surgical ward, and if a white surgeon comes out as the top of his field, should you throw him out of the surgical ward and put in who? A diverse person who may not be as good? Well, go ahead. That's what they did in China. I've told you the story of what happened after Mao's Cultural Revolution. They took the Chinese surgeons out of the surgeries. They put them in the laundry to do the laundry. And they took these dumb peasant girls out of the laundry. And they said, uh, sister, you are now a surgeon. And if the girls said, I'm sorry, we don't know how to do surgery, they call them a counter-revolutionary. This is what passes for the Democrat Party today. We all lose if this keeps up. But then again, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't trust guys with that kind of mustache. It's like I don't trust guys with the name Bernie, not just Bernie Sanders. I've never met a Bernie I trusted. It just somehow, anyone who could, remember the guy Bernie who stuffed National Archives records in his underwear and socks? He was that, what was his name? Bernie something. Everyone forgets him. He was another Democrat. To protect Clinton, he went into the National Archives and stole stuff. And he got caught coming out with the, in his underwear and socks. 
Bernie, another Bernie. Well, there was another Bernie, the DNC Bernie, who gave our missile technology to China. Another Bernie living on Park Avenue. I don't trust Bernies. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. It seems to me watching this impeachment thing, Jeff Sekulow did a brilliant job. He completely took apart uh, the other side. There's absolutely no basis for impeaching him. You may not like Trump. You may not like his style. You may not like what he did, but he didn't do anything impeachable. I know you're going to say, yes, he did. He cheated on the election. No, you know who's cheating on the election? Pelosi. She's born to cheat. She was raised and born to cheat. That's all she ever learned uh, as a child, how to cheat and how to intimidate people. Uh, speaking, where is she now? She's in Jerusalem, the last I checked. After unleashing Schiff and Nadler and this gang of animals onto the American uh, landscape, she flies off to Israel to make believe she cares about the Holocaust. This is amazing to me. What a con woman she is. But then again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, it's, <laughs> it seems to me, looking at this charade, that this is going to go down along party lines. It's just a team against a team. I don't care what arguments are made on either side. The minds are made up already. And I'm going to give you a little sidebar here. This came out an hour ago. Headline, uh, Trump wins. Supremes deny green cards to immigrants who use public benefits. This was a huge 5-4 in the Supreme Court, all because Trump got control of the Supreme Court, got rid of some of the liberals, put in some conservatives or moderates, and now we have a big victory here. Do you realize what the Democrats are fighting over? Do you actually think they're fighting over principle? They're fighting over money. When you got a gang like the Democrats, I mean, I'll get on the Republicans in a minute. I covered it Friday. You know, they got their, their beaks in the, in the same well in some ways, which is why they're a little light in the, on the attack. But when you see them go crazy on welfare, illegal immigrants, washing their feet, you're telling me, you're telling me they're not cashing in on all of this money flowing in the billions and billions of dollars. Are you joking? Of course. So now we have a victory. Five, four. Trump wins. Supremes deny green cards to immigrants who use public benefits. It's about time. We don't need deadbeats in this country. And let me remind you something else. I have to say it again. I'll say it a thousand times till you hear me. I am the only member of the major media that I know of in radio, at least, who is an immigrant son. It makes a big difference because I'm sensitive to these, the toils and the travails of an immigrant family. We lived six to a room. We lived six to a room. Didn't bother me. I liked it. I loved it. Name, aunts and uncles next door. I loved it. Lived in a tenement in the Bronx. I'm proud of it. Made me a good person. Uh, but getting back to what's going on here today, when you have an immigrant population that comes here and basically takes advantage of our public benefits... I would do it, too, if I were poor and came over the border. I would take any nickel that they gave me. But in the day, my relatives, they'd rather throw themselves off a fireplace, a fire escape than take a nickel in public assistance. Just to show you how the country changed. When my parents came here, they lived, I told you, in the Bronx. It wasn't dirty. It was clean. It was poor neighborhood, but clean. Everyone that's clean as can be. So. Nobody took welfare then, except the lowest of the low. It was called public, what do you call it, home relief or something. They would rather have thrown themselves off a fire escape and died out of shame than take public assistance. Now look today what we have. A, a system that's built in, built and in, baked right into the immigrant experience is to steal all the benefits that I'm paying for, you're paying for, your grandfather paid for, to give it to these bums. 
So Trump just won. Supremes deny green cards to immigrants. He was public benefits. is long overdue. But uh, look, I'm going to get ahead of myself because I got to talk about the Kobe Bryant thing. And I can make it very simple for you. I am the only one, and I'm going to say it again because if I'm not for myself, who will be you? Rush Limbaugh is going to be for me. The Rush Cartel is going to say one kind word about me. So I will be for myself because if I'm not for myself, nobody else will be. During the Kobe Bryant rape trial, I was the only one in the radio business who went to bat for him. And I had a lot of black guys stop me in the streets in San Francisco, and they loved me for it because they knew I was right. I knew she was Rocky Mountain white trash. I said it on the radio. She looked like it. What was she doing in his room? What she go there to inspect the roses on the table? She went to get the fruit basket. So it was a, a setup by a gold digger. I saw right through it. He was one of the first victims of this whole Me Too garbage. But she didn't win. I went to bat for Kobe Bryant on this radio show over and over again. People remember it. I put it on Twitter. They said, yes, Michael, we remember it. We can't find the tape. We looked and looked. I don't even know. Oh, five. Doug found the year, but I don't have the tape. And what's even more ironic here, the media that's now running crocodile tears for Kobe Bryant vilified the man during the rape trial. Do you know that? Wolf Blitzer, are you joking? That double fork tongue, triple Irish trickster, that triple tongued trickster. They attack Kobe Bryant as the worst man on the planet. Now they're sitting there making believe they're crying. They all got crocodile tears over him. Kobe Bryant vilified at that time by the media and now glorified. Look, there are two major things taking over the news cycle right now. I could talk about the epidemic, but you don't want to hear anymore. I did it Thursday, Friday, Wednesday. Again, I'm the only one in the media with a scientific background. I'm a Ph.D. in epidemiology. Whether you accept it or not doesn't matter. It's real. 1978, University of California at Berkeley. Great degree, hard as stainless steel, real research, but you don't have to be a genius to understand what to do during an epidemic. You impose a travel ban. Well, you're not going to see a travel ban with so much at stake with the immigrants coming in today and the drugs. Are you joking? Yeah, look the other way, that's all. But getting back to this again, it seems to me uh, there are two major things taking over the news cycle right now. The impeachment trial with Trump's defense all going on today and tomorrow. And I was pleasantly surprised to see CNN even ran the defense. I thought they'd run crocodile tears over Kobe Bryant and, and you wouldn't even see it. I was shocked that the Harvey Weinstein's illegitimate brother who runs CNN let that happen. I was shocked. And then, of course, the Kobe Bryant uh, air, uh, helicopter crash. Here's the irony. In 03, when rape allegations were made against Kobe, the media hated him. They wanted his scalp. They wanted his head on a pike. I was the only one in the media who was defending him because I saw they were trying to do a hashtag Me Too on him before that even existed. They hated Kobe with a passion. Now, the man that they hated, they're now putting on a pedestal. The very person they hated, they're now glorifying and making a saint. So it'll, be, it'll give 24-hour coverage one way or the other. It shows you the way the media manipulates these situations. And don't think you're going to hear a lot about Trump's defense today. Okay, I watched it on and off while cooking a, a plant-based veggie burger and eating a salad. I'm on a new diet. It tastes just like meat, by the way. You know, I don't need real beef. You can have it. I could do without the, uh, the occluded artery. Well, all you're going to hear about is John Bolton this, John Bolton that, John Bolton proves that he did this in Ukraine. It's another unnamed source leaking to the so-called New York Times. This is how they do it. This is how they manipulate you. Whether it's in his book, I don't know. 
But even if it's in his book, do we know if it's true? And by the way, even if it is, even if it is true, let's take the worst case scenario. Let's say Trump did deny aid to Ukraine for a couple of days till they investigated corruption there, including Biden. Tell me what's wrong with that. When you have one of the most corrupt nations on the planet asking for three, four hundred million dollars, you got to ask where the hell is the money going? And when you know you have a guy running against you who has a corrupt son who's dipped his beak into that country to the tune of millions of dollars, along with a lot of other Democrats, he has every right to ask where the hell is the money going? Because it could have been going right into Biden's campaign coffers. You wouldn't know. So what? Oh, now throw him out. Oh, he slipped on a banana peel. Destroy the man. That's not an impeachable offense. Many other nations had their aid denied in the last few years. Guatemala and several other nations because of what? Corruption. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, but there was no uh, running against, but doesn't matter. I'll say it again. Due diligence. A president has the obligation to conduct due diligence with every nickel that we send to a foreign country, whether it be Ukraine, Israel, or Guatemala. That's what Trump was doing. It is not an impeachable offense. But then again, I have to go back to what I said before. There's no logic. There's no reason. Just race, class, warfare. You've got the socialist, communist, feminist, and minorities ganged up against Trump. They're not listening to the facts. It seems to me I'll be back in a moment. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Hey, look, our racing thoughts overtaking your night of sleep is terrible. Do you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep? Uh, when it's time to go to bed, what kind of thoughts are racing through your mind, keeping you awake? If you've tried everything from pills to pillows with little success, it is time for you to try something else. Ebb. What is ebb insomnia therapy? Well, ebb comfortably cools your forehead, helps quiet the racing mind, and promotes the natural onset of sleep. Ebb is the first and only wearable drug-free solution that targets the root cause of sleeplessness, those racing thoughts. Ebb is clinically validated, and four out of five users report falling asleep faster and improving overall sleep quality. Ebb sleep is a wearable solution that fits over the forehead and gently and precisely cools the forehead to reduce those racing thoughts to allow people like you who are suffering from sleeplessness, to drift more comfortably into a deeper, more restorative sleep. Ebb Sleep is designed to work with your natural sleep-wake rhythms to allow you to get into that deep sleep more quickly. Now look, the mind's normal way of dealing with stress and challenges is to be on guard or more vigilant than aroused. That's the reverse of what's needed for a restful night of sleep. Ebb's cooling, calming nature is designed to counteract the way the mind-body reacts to stressful situations, allowing one to reach restorative sleep quicker so they can be at peak performance the next day. Have the energy to do the things you love again by getting the sleep you need. Ebb's natural solution has no morning side effects and allows you to get back to your peak performance. My listeners can now try Ebb risk-free for 60 nights to confirm that it is the solution you've been looking for. How do you do this? Try ebb.com savage. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Try ebb.com slash savage. Please order today to get the sleep that you need and deserve. Try ebb.com slash savage. 
is, it seems to me again. Uh, by the way, I was mistaken. It was not. It was not Bernie Berger, uh, who stuffed the uh, the secret memos from the National uh, Archives in his underwear and socks. It was Sandy Berger. It was Sandy Berger. But it was Bernie Schwartz who sold our missile technology to China. I don't trust men who have like uh, adolescent ch- childish names like Sandy. I don't trust any man called Sandy. I look the. I watch out. Uh, any anyone named Bernie, I check the change in my pocket after they leave the house. No, 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 never good, never good. I'm just talking to you. That's all. Here. It's a personal show. I'm not going to sit here and sound like a broadcaster. I could do that. I could do a regular broadcaster voice, but that's not what you want from me. How is the world looking at these impeachment trials? Who's really gaining at this point? Do you expect this to end by Friday, as it could, by the way? Or will the uh, uh, check pants Republicans cave in and call for witnesses? I'm sure they will. As sure as Michael is sitting here, this is not ending Friday. There's going to be witnesses. That's going to go on another dog and pony show. Meanwhile, the president's supposed to announce a Middle East peace plan later this week. I heard him speak today. I mean, I didn't even know he was working on it. He said the Palestinians probably will or not do it. He said they're living. He said they're living terribly. He said that. He admitted they're living terribly compared to the Israelis on the other side. He said he's trying to present it so they, they, they benefit from it. You know, you think it could work? It would be a miracle to me if he, hey, by the way, if he got a peace plan, if Trump got the Palestinians and the Jews to sit down together and break matzah and then eat pita, pita bread together and lay down their arms, Nadler and Schiff would say it's an impeachable offense because they weren't consulted. Pelosi would say that it's definitely impeachable. Uh, that other, they'd all scream impeach, 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 impeach. The Auschwitz 75th anniversary of liberation is here today. And I think we should talk about it. Anyone want to say anything on any of these topics? I prayed for Trump at a Jewish temple on Saturday, by the way. Do you think prayer works? Because I prayed on Saturday. Do you think prayer works? In the middle of a prayer session, for some reason, Trump popped into my mind. And I asked God to do what he could to protect this man from the hordes from the Huns that are running at him. But what can you do? Does prayer matter? Do you pray for Trump in your church? Back in a minute. Michael Savage, a host like no other. We're less than a year now from Election Day 2020. This election is going to determine if America continues down the path of greatness or if America will spiral down into full-blown socialism at the hands of left-wing fanatics But listen to me, we can't just sit back and wait for 2020. We need you to take action now. I want you to text SAVAGE to 88022, and you're going to get official Trump alerts directly to your phone. You just text SAVAGE to 88022, and you get exclusive 2020 updates directly from President Trump. Be the first to know when new Trump merchandise is available, and you'll even be able to give your input on key issues to help shape the 2020 campaign. Now, look. You know and I know if the Democrats take back the White House in 2020 under Pelosi, they'll not only undo everything we've worked so hard for, they'll destroy everything. Make sure you're getting your news directly from the source by texting S-A-V-A-G-E. That's SAVAGE to 88022. Again, all you have to do is text SAVAGE to 88022. This was paid for by the Trump Make America Great Again Committee a joint fundraising committee authorized and composed of Donald J. Trump for President, Inc., and the Republican National Committee that is dedicated to making America great again. 
Yeah, it seems like he was just the kind of athlete, the kind of star that was perfectly cast on the Los Angeles Los Angeles Lakers. Kavita, if I could ask you to stay with us, we're going to go uh, to Bill Roden. Did, did you hear that? To Echo X-Ray, you're uh, still too low level uh, for uh, flight following at this time. Level 4051, you're five miles from Silex, turn left heading 100, maintain 4,000, so central cars are cut off to the that's one zero zero. Maintain four thousand to establish should the allies do lose one way to southwest forty six one. Two echo extra is okay. Zero golf zero conduct van I tower. There's more, I think, on this one. Sad. I mean, it's the last few seconds of, of the uh, helicopter transmission that Kobe was on. And, uh, you know, it was a foggy morning. He never should have gone up, that pilot. And it, was a, it was a bird that was made for two pilots. There was only one. And he was not flying on instruments. He was flying on visuals. And he smashed into a mountain. Pilot error. Meanwhile, all these people are dead. And why has it affected so many people so strongly there's a reason for it. it's not just that he's dead because i don't think kobe bryant was that well known outside of the sports world but what shocked even the average person who's not a sports fan is that a fa- man as famous as that could be killed and disappear they don't want to accept their own mortality let alone they say I figure a celebrity is immune from these things do you understand what i'm saying you know when mortality hits we don't accept it. I know many people. I don't accept it. I face something that I never thought would happen. It happened. Here I am. I'm still in denial. But I'm saying most of us live in it. And, you know, but it's a, it's a strange thing being alive to begin with. We have to walk around in life making believe we're, we're eternal and immortal, knowing we're not. It's like a schizophrenic thing to begin with life. You got to go out in life, walk around, be confident, and make believe you're not going to be the one in the crypt. Someone else is in a movie. It's the guy in the movie who goes down in the ground, not you. But it's the same with it. So now a guy like this gets killed. You say, holy God, you know, how did, if it could happen to him, right? Could happen to me. Yeah, here today, gone tomorrow. Did I tell you, and I'll say it again, let me get preachy for a minute if you don't mind, because I'm writing a new story. I started writing again, which is wonderful. I'm starting to write, so you can call it fiction if you want. I wouldn't call it fiction. Everything's nonfiction in a way. <laughs> the world is all nonfiction. Um, do you know what the first prayer is for, since it's the Holocaust Memorial Day? Maybe I can get away with it. People don't even know what Jews are. They don't have no idea. They hear a Jewish thing. That's not a Jew. Jews are the guys in black, basically, who take every breath in the presence of God. Every breath they take, every movement is in the concept that there is God. They wake up, they wash their hands. First thing they do is wash their hands. I've always been a hand washer, by the way. It's interesting. Wherever I go, you know that they turn it into a joke? Like there's something wrong with you if you wash your hands. You hear this in the society we live in? I've been an incessant hand washer, and I'm not even religious. But one of the things, one of the first things that an orthodox, a religious Jew says in the morning is, Please listen to this. Indulge me, because you don't know this one. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has formed man in wisdom and created within him numerous orifices and cavities. It is revealed and known before the throne of your glory that if but one of them were to be blocked or one of them were to be opened, it would be impossible to exist even for a short while. 
Then you say, Baruch Hashem, blessed are you, Lord, who heals all flesh and performs wonders. How did the ancient Jews know about that before the age of anatomy and physiology? Well, they probably learned it through uh, warfare, through accidents and such, what is inside the body. But they understood orifices and cavities, that if one of them were to be blocked, one would be open, would be impossible to exist for even a short while. So what are they doing by praying like this? They're acknowledging life is temporal. They're acknowledging that there's a mysterious force to life that we don't know about. I know doctors who tell me the same thing. I'll never forget this as long as I live because I've been obsessed with coronary heart disease ever since my poor father contracted and then died of a second heart attack. I've been obsessed with the topic. I've read probably as much as cardiologists on the subject. And at the end of the day, there's always a mysterious element in disease. Oh, I don't care what the disease is. So I've got doctors who tell me the same thing. I remember when I was in graduate school, my professor, a medical doctor, three of my professors were all medical doctors in the fields I was in. And one of them said to me, Michael, look, he said, you can adjust your diet. You can do all those other things. He said, but I've done autopsies on people whose arteries were perfectly clear who died of heart attacks. That stunned me. So what's the mystery? Mystery? The disease and health are a pie. A pie. The environment, genetics, and the mystery. You can modify the environment, meaning what you take in and how you expose yourself to things, stress level. You can't modify your genetics. And the mystery you can't modify. Well, you can in a way. You can modify the mystery by going into the spiritual. That's the part that we talk about mystery. The will to live the connectivity to the eternal, but then I'm getting ahead of myself here. God, I'm not talking about Trump and impeachment. How dare I? I'm sorry, I apologize. I should do what everyone else does in the meeting. Let, let's just stick to impeachment, and I'll get worked up like it matters. How can you get worked up? It doesn't matter what I say to you. Here's the weird part. It doesn't matter what you think, actually. If this were a popular vote right now, then all of this would matter. All the hosts who are twisting their underwear into a bunch screaming and yelling and carrying on like to convince you what what's the difference what they're saying you're not voting if there was going to be a vote on impeachment on friday i could see doing this day and night i mean on the radio but we're not voting the hundred schmendricks called senators they're doing it it's going to go straight out party line maybe with one or two on the other side flipping both ways but we know trump's going to walk away from this 100%. The only reason that the evil Democrats are doing it under Nancy Pelosi is to damage the uh, president in the election because their candidates are so poor. Look who they got running. A cockamamie salsa man communist from New York with a dirty suit. Then the others, I don't even remember who. A corrupt Biden who can't remember where he put his dentures in the morning. And then the third one, Mayor Pete, another schmuck. I don't know where they got this putz from, this howdy duty. A real presidential candidate. A real solid presidential candidate, Pete Buttigieg, big deal. And Elizabeth Warren, the nasty woman from uh, Harvard. No, not, they can't win. Trump will step on them like chopped liver. So what they're doing is, is running this as long as they can to swing people over against the, the Republicans. This is, this is the dirty politics. Meanwhile, there's an epidemic raging in the world. Pelosi, the gangster, has nothing to say about it. Feinstein on the security committee, uh, nothing, not a word out of these useless idiots. And so who's who's in charge? Who's running this country? The one man who's actually doing something is Trump. 
trying to do a Middle East peace deal, dealing with the epidemic. He's doing a fairly good job on many things, not great on the economy. I mean, I'm a little worried about the budgets out of control. I know I'm not supposed to even mention it. I, I, I lose a merit badge for that. I get one less dreidel at the next Hanukkah party for mentioning the, 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 run, the printing money. But all right, I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. I'm the last of the conservatives in the media remembers a thing called fiscal conservatism. Pardon me. Whew, I'm, getting, I'm getting winded already. Just looking at this stuff. It's very boring, to be honest with you. I mean, it's kind of nice if you're a lawyer and you get into it. Not everyone's a lawyer who cares about the niceties of the argument. The average person has to go to work in the morning. They wake up on a Monday morning. They got a hangover, most people. That's to start with. They're hungover. They don't feel good. They wonder where the next paycheck's coming from. They hope their son didn't use drugs over the weekend. They hope that their daughter came home at night. They don't even know. They're afraid to go in the bedroom to see if she's even there. They don't care about this garbage. The world is a very, very dangerous, challenging place for all of us. And this seems to me just the political class doing what political classes have always done, which is try to destroy their opposition. That's all. How it ends, I don't know, but you're not going to vote on this. Uh, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I have a friend who called me on Sunday, and he said he's got a friend who's very left-wing, a real diehard left-winger. I don't particularly like the guy. I've known him off and on I mean, for years. Very communist left-wing Democrat socialist type. And, he, and an ethnic minority on top of it. And he said to me, he said he watched the arguments on Saturday morning. And he said he's 100% sure Trump should be exonerated. When he actually heard the arguments on Saturday morning, this left winger said, wow, he's innocent. Just so you know, I mean, there may be there's some people who are paying attention, but what's the difference whether anyone thinks this or that? How is that going to affect the, the, the senators? The senators, are, they do what the party wants them to do. It's like the Politburo, you know. Either you go along with the party or you're dead. Or you get thrown out into the cold. You know what I'm saying? It seems to me that's what it is. So, look, if you want to comment on any of this, go ahead. 855-407-282. I want to go back for one minute to some of my tweets. Trump wins. Supremes deny green cards to immigrants who use public benefits. That came out two hours ago. Big deal. Bolton stabs Trump in the back. I told him to watch out. Told him to do not hire him. I don't care whether it's in his book or not. He's a sneak, a bum, a mook. Uh, I, I didn't like the guy. I told you that. I didn't like that he lied about the uh, weapons of mass destruction. He got us into Iraq. All right, so Hannity pushed him on Trump. Hannity's the big guru for the Trump. For some reason, he loves Hannity. I can't change that. I never say a word. He's very loyal to the people that he likes, and you don't say a word. But so Hannity pushed Bolton down his throat because Hannity's a big dummy. Thinks he's so smart. He's just vicious and mean, and he has the cartel behind him. But the, everyone in the business knows he's terrified of the fact that he has no education and no discernment. They know that. Every day, the same story, over and over and over again, the same story. He pushed the walrus onto Trump. That's what happened here. But now you go back a little bit, and you go before that, and on um, Saturday, I did this one. Just give me a second. I wrote this. I went to a Jewish temple this Sabbath and prayed for the safety of President Trump during the morning prayers. He is the greatest friend the Jews have ever had in the White House. What might happen if all Christians prayed for him tomorrow? That was so popular uh, because a lot of people are good people and they do pray for the president. I'm sure not one liberal prayed for the president. They prayed for his demise. If they would, if they would ever go to church or synagogue again, which is unlikely, it would be to pray for his demise. 
I'll be back in a minute. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. You know what their ratings would be for that guy who runs CNN if, God forbid, the cities were burning? He needs a new Newark for ratings. Oh, yeah, if they torched the whole city, could you imagine? He'd have uh, gravy falling out of his uh, lips. Oh, would they be happy? Jeffrey Tubin is on CNN and the attacks. The Trump defense team is being too white. Can you believe that this man is not fired? But then again, who's his boss? It looks like a Harvey Weinstein without a walker. Listen to the clip. You got to hear this. This is on a network. If I were in charge of the FCC, out of business, I'd, I'd make him go dark for, for three days. Listen to this. White House and white people. Um, I mean, you know, th- this is a lesson in the diversity of right. the two this parties. Is a and you look in, at the- in disgusting, filthy, low life degenerates in the media. And if I had the power, if Trump put me on the FCC, I'd, I'd make that network go dark for three days. And if their lawyers came to bother me, I'd throw the lawyers in jail. Three days of dark. They do that again. They start a race war in the country with that. It's, it's now a crime to be a white person who's a lawyer defending Trump. Are you joking? Do you see how sick they are? It actually, you know, a certain way, it shows you what's at stake here with this uh, impeachment. It's like a gang, just a gang of socialists, communists, and feminists and minorities ganging up against Trump. No logic, no reason, just race, class, warfare. Bingo, end of story. So I'm sitting here with a, in a booth with you in an Italian restaurant, old style. It's got a big back to it, green leather. And we're having coffee, and we're talking about the news of the day right here on the Savage Nation. When I come back, I will continue to do my non-coverage of the, uh, because you can watch it on television if you want, the legal arguments. It's all very nice, but I'm not a lawyer. I could have been a lawyer. I could have been a lot of things. I could have been a garbage man as well, but I chose not to be. I'm a talk show host. I don't vote on this, do you? Back in a minute. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Your agenda has promised free health care for everybody, free college tuition, and to pay off people's college loans. The price tag for that is estimated to be $60 trillion over 10 years, correct? Well, look, we have political opponents. You don't know. Come up. You don't know how much your plan costs. You don't know. Nobody knows. This is impossible. You're going to propose a plan to the American people. and You're going to tell them how much it costs. Well, well, the thing is, if you took the money from the people who have it, mainly the uh, white middle class, and you gave it to the people who don't belong here to begin with, the illegal immigrants, the bums, you gave them the money from the middle class who earned it and put it away. You will have that money. It is absurd to think the money isn't there. The money is there. It is only a matter of moving it around. This is how it works. If you're a communist bum slacker like I am, who have never held a job in his life, uh, I slept with everyone else's girlfriend that I could. I took their dope and I slept on their couches. 
This is how I run my life. So why would I not run a country the same way? I'm Bernie Sanders, and I approve of my uh, monologue. No, I do not know how much it costs, nor does it matter. That, that's what we're facing. Now you understand why they're impeaching Trump. They know they're finished. How many Bernie supporters do you think there are out there? Not that many. I see the bumper stickers. Usually people with a broken car living on a relative's couch. Bums, losers, miserable, horrible people, real horrible people. So here we are. We got a lot of stuff to talk. Oh, finally, the U.S. State Department warns against visiting China. Okay, like a week later. They didn't say don't go. They said you shouldn't go. They didn't stop you. How about stopping them from coming in? No, that did. Once you do that already, that's a stepping on the immigration lobby. Forget about it. So uh, what do you want to talk about? We got the virus. I covered it all of last week. I wrote the book, Diseases Without Borders, went over your head. Not your head. The media paid no attention to it. They could care less about reality. What do they care about reality? Justice is allowing enforcement of new green card rule. That's the wrong headline. That, that's exactly the wrong headline. Uh, Chris Ruddy says the greatest ruse in history trumps impeachment. He's 100% right. Auschwitz, 75 years on, Holocaust Day prompts new anti-Semitism warning. 110 under investigation in the U.S. for coronavirus. Uh, five million residents left Wuhan before coronavirus lockdown, Mayor reports. Five million of them left. You hear this? Five million of them left the epicenter of this epidemic before they were prohibited from leaving. Where'd they go? Would they come to San Francisco with a flower in their hair? Wuhan. Well, what do we know? A dumb country. They could come in with a mask on their head, fulminating with, with, with virus falling out of their nose. They let him in. God forbid they should stop anybody for any reason. Kobe Bryant's helicopter pilot was flying too low. We know a terrible thing. I don't know it's with that pilot. <laughs> flying not on instruments, even in the fog. If you've flown in and out of Burbank, it's uh, in the middle of a valley. It's called the valley for a reason. Uh, Joe Biden ducks questions about conflict of interest in Ukraine. No, no he's going to answer directly. Yeah, yes, my son took millions of dollars in graft. <laughs> Trump is right. That's expect Biden to say, oh, yeah, yeah. Trump was 100% right to look into my son as a no good bum drug addict. Trump was right. Oh, yeah. I expect Biden to say that. Again, Netanyahu's here. I don't know. I'm not. I, I, OK, I know he, he's been president too long in Israel. I know. Why don't they have term limits in Israel? Could you imagine if we didn't have term limits? Trump would be president for the next 50 years. Actually, if we didn't have term limits, Obama would still be president. That's, thank God we have term limits. Netanyahu's been president there for over 10 years. You give anyone that much power for that long, they're going to get corrupted. I don't care how good they were. I don't care what kind of war hero they might have been, you know. So I'm glad we have term limits. Now, what if a, a, a conservative person had used the N-word instead of the, the uh, Lakers, as happened? And MSNB see anchor somehow says the n-word instead of lakers and nothing happens to her nothing seems to be no consequences for the other side a bunch of mooks prince charles flew sixteen thousand miles did you see this story that bum with the big ears he always stands around that prince charles with his hands behind his back like he's peering into something when they teach him that in like uh like king's school or something that's supposed to be like a ministerial look he always, he's like, you know, looking in on you because he's so big. He's so above us. Prince Charles flew 16,000 miles in just 11 days. 
using three private jets and one helicopter before proudly posing with Greta Dunberg in Davos. You hear this? A dumb moron 15-year-old child now is an expert on, on climate. And NASA doesn't know as much as this dummy from Sweden. And schmuck, I mean, Prince Charles, does he not understand how stupid he looks? I'm an anti-royalist to begin with. I, it comes from my father and God rest his soul. My father, you know, fled, my grandfather fled Russia because of the whole thing. He hated the royalty, then he hated the communists. It was a horrible country. So I was raised to, to laugh at Prince Charles because even when Charles was a child, he had like a, a dummy inbred look. Sorry, you know, the ears, too much inbreeding. And, uh, but the suits, the Savile Row, man, they, they know how to make shoulders in England. That's the toughest thing on a man's suit. Trump has a very good tailor. There's not a wrinkle on the shoulder. No matter how I try with my tail, I get a wrinkle. No matter what I do, I roll on the back. Jim, am I right? I mean, I don't buy it Robert Hall, but I'm saying they're out, they're out of business. I don't do that. But uh, you can't get the roll out of it unless the, literally they run after you with, with a needle and thread. Fly 16,000 miles in 11 days using three private jets. And then he poses with Greta Dunberg about, about global <laughs> warming. It's astounding. It's like right out of a... Uh, a Shakespearean parody of a, a stupid royal, you know, whatever. Why are you even listening to me? Why are you not tuned into television and watching the niceties of the arguments by uh, this guy? Now, I never heard of this one. I think it, who's this guy Philbin? It's like Regis Philbin's son. You know, a whole new team of like a new, new faces. Thank God I don't have to look at Rudy Giuliani. Nothing against him. But uh, when they take him out of Rayo's and they take the wine out of his hand and, and, and don't even wipe his mouth off before he appears on television... That's another story. They're doing a very good job, but it's all uh, tribal anyway, how they're going to vote in the impeachment. We know already what's happening there. So which topic do you want to talk about? Chinese virus, Holocaust, Biden's corruption. Uh, how is the world looking at the impeachment trials? Uh, you think you're going to live another day? Do you live in fear of dying? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. It's horrible. Living every breath is your last. I become a little more like uh, religious now because I got sick and I'm, I am, I'm going to a house of worship. I haven't for years. It's very uncomfortable for me to go because I'm such a cynic. I read the ancient words and it has almost meaning to me. You know, like you go in like, how beautiful are thy tents, O Jacob? I'm who the hell is Jacob? What do I, why is that prayer in the prayer book? How beautiful are thy tents, O Jacob? Now it sounds nice in Hebrew when it's chanted. But I don't know who Jacob is. He was like the narco-terrorist of his time. He killed all of the other tribal leaders and became the boss. You know, I, I, I look, the truth is about King David, man. What a monster he was. How do you think he became king? He killed all the other kings of the provinces, and he amalgamated it into a nation called Israel. There's not a nation on earth that was not founded in blood, but you don't want to hear that. You think it was all done through, like, uh, you know, beauty and happiness and dancing and, and singing. No, it was all founded in violence and blood. And Israel, same thing, every country. There's not a nation on earth. I love they say America's founded on this. And of course it is. You know you know one nation it wasn't? You look at Norway, they, they hold it up Norway, a Viking nation founded on the sword and killing whole villages of people and enslaving them. Norway. Then they got lucky with oil. And then you got every other country up there. It's all the same thing. Violence. Violence is how everything is founded. Every country on earth, is they make them believe we're the worst country on earth, we're the best country on earth. But nevertheless, going back, like how beautiful, like Tenso Jacob, the opening of the service. I don't know who Jacob, one of the ancients. 
I don't. I feel uncomfortable reading that stuff. I, I'm I'm doing it though. I am. I'm, you know, I got to tell you something positive without being too cynical. I've been a cynic most of my life. I was born cynical. I'm a breech baby, so maybe that made me cynical. I don't know. You know, when your feet come out first and you're gagging to death and you don't know if you're going to live right off the bat, you come out. You're a little. Uh, you know, you're a little cynical about the world. Like, imagine that the kids a breech baby in those days. Horrible, both to the mother, the child. And the Holy Ghost. So I, I've always kind of had like a cynical view of the world. It was inbred in me, like inborn in me, not inbred, inborn. But now I'm getting like, okay, I know, you know, I know, I hear it. I hear it. I hear the clock ticking. I know there's more sand on the bottom of this hourglass than on the top. I got it. I hear you. I hear you. I know. I know. I hear you calling. I'm not ready. You know, I, I hear you. So we all think about that. Then we make believe we're not thinking about that. Am I making any sense to you? Jim, do they know what I'm talking about? Does the audience find? Is this too much free association for even my, my audience? Audience, I'm going to ask you, do you mind if I do ramble on for a while with some free association and go off message about Trump and, and impeachment? Because I do, I'm liable to throw myself into the bay. If I, if I have to talk about the impeachment for the rest of the week, it could go on for all of February if this doesn't stop. I'm a talk show host. I have a plethora of ideas on many other topics. I'm a widely read man, and I, I think about other things other than what the Schmendricks are saying in Congress there. I, I can't vote on it. So I go in. I always had like a cynical view about religion, and I basically ran from it when I was young. I said, I'm never going to go back. Then over the years, you know, you have a child, and you go back. Father dies. See him in a coffin. There's another thing. You can't, I, I can't believe it. Mother dies. Brother dies. People die. Oh, God. Not me, though. Not me. Not me. Not going to touch me. Oh, no. That's them. Not me. I'm never going to. Not me. I'm immortal. Most of us live that way. Otherwise, I don't think we can live. This is quite a conundrum for a human being once to become conscious of it all. I don't know how children get through a world today, but, but nevertheless, am I wrong about that? You're supposed to live as though you're eternal when you know you're not. It could make a person, a, a talk show host, a conundrum like that. But now... Uh, so I go back again now. I guess I got old or something happened. And I got to tell you, something nice happened. Although it was a lot of mumbo jumbo to me in a foreign language. You know, Lenny Bruce was smart. He was a great comedian. Raise your hand if you know who I'm referring to. Sometimes my references are a little arcane. Lenny Bruce, the great comedian. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, nothing. Like, But he was funny. And he said that eventually... <laughs> He said, eventually, he said, eventually Judaism is going to die out because it's in a foreign language. It was very funny. And it's true. It trips you up. I mean, it's a foreign language without any roots in English. You don't know what the hell you're talking about unless you study Hebrew, which is a very hard language. There's not a root in, in Hebrew that you can understand one word. You know, no one. There's not even like it's not, it's not a romance language. Hebrew is an anti-romance language. It's like severe because. God is very severe. My God is a punishing God, by the way. I don't know about yours. I said that once to a Christian. He laughed. I said, it's a little different viewpoint than yours, which is my God is really a vengeful God. Man, he never forgets a thing. Don't screw up because you're going to have to pay for that. You step out of line. He remembers, man. He was there. He knows. He knows what you did. But so you go in. So I put on a suit and tie. Go in. Nice. Go through the thing. I feel uncomfortable because everyone knows the foreign language. I feel like a stranger in a strange land again. I don't want to be there. I want to, I'm squirming in the suit. But then at the end, this is an interesting thing. 
when they bring the Torah out, the holy book, the five books of Moses, the congregants supposed to touch it. So at the end of it, I went up and I put my hand on the these scrolls, and I just wanted to commune with the power of those words. And I swear, something came through me, you know. And I'm not trying to like boast about it or create a thing. Now, here's the funny thing. Okay, now, services are over, whatever, I leave. We leave. We go to breakfast, come home, take off the uh, church clothing, you know. Can't wait to rip off the suit, the socks, the whole deal. Say, why do you want to do that to yourself on a Saturday? Man, you could be out in shorts like everyone else. You could be driving around in a car. You could. And a funny thing happened is the light looked different to me. Now, if you remember when you were young and you smoked marijuana, how the light changed, you got a slight change in reality. Maybe a lot of you smoke dope today and you get a slight change in perceptions. I found that prayer did that for me or I was touched by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit had come into me by being in the presence of the powerful words of the ancients. So even if you don't dig or understand the words in the, in the original language, just seeing the letters as you're sitting there for that hour and letting it go into your subconscious, I'm telling you it changed something. And maybe it's in my DNA, so maybe it affected me the way it wouldn't affect another person. But the perception of light was slight. I don't mean like dramatically, like I had a, an acid trip. But I looked at the bay, I looked at the birds, I looked at the shadows in my own house on the floor, and I knew it was sa- Saturday, I knew it was Sabbath. It took on a different tone. And that is something that's powerful that you can't explain, you can only experience. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Amazing. I mean, you know, I took an hour to build up a head of steam. I got so many great callers. Let me start with the minute that remains right now with Steve in Las Vegas. Steve, fire away. You're on the Savage Nation. Yes, I was uh, amazed at how tough you came down on King David. The thing that was so different about him, and we're always, uh, all of us are, are so disgusted in life by the people in the Steve, 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 if you you read scholarly scholarly works on King David, he is described as a bandit and a mercenary. Yeah, but the thing about it, when he did something wrong, not only to God, but even his citizens, he admitted he was wrong. I've forgotten the details of the last thing. Yeah, but I'm not being I'm not being facetious or flippant. I almost wrote a book about King David, and I read a lot about him. One of the best biographies is King David, the real life of the man who ruled Israel by Jonathan Kirsch. And Kirsch says, David, who had sown the seeds of more than one tribal blood feud during his years as a bandit and mercenary, learned a practical lesson from the pagan kings whom he had served. Did you know that all of his personal bodyguards were foreigners to protect David from his own people who he didn't trust? I'm aware of that. Yeah. You, you are aware, right? Yeah. The Philistines, the Gittites, the, the, the Goths, the Gaths from Go, the, the town of Goliath. I'm not being tough on day. David was like a narco-terrorist of his day. That's how he amalgamated the nation of Israel. Doesn't mean that he, you know, that's how it's done. That's just the way of history. He's described as abandoned and mercenary. And he learned from the pagan kings whom he had served. So what is negative about reality? I mean, we can make him into Santa Claus if you like. Michael Savage, a host like no other. 
You know, in the middle of all of this, in the middle of all of this, Trump wins, Supremes deny green cards to immigrants who use public benefits. This is a big story. And it actually goes to the whole impeachment case. The reason Nancy Pelosi and her gang hates Trump is because he's cutting into their their uh, their cash flow. Are you telling me you actually believe that this welfare system uh, surrounding the immigrant hordes, the trillions of dollars that are blown on them, whether it's through uh, fraudulent health care, green cards, uh, food stamps, you're telling me that a lot of that's not flowing back to politicians or, through, or their relatives. You, you'd be a fool not to believe that. You'd be an actually fool to believe not to believe it. They're making a fortune off it. So, of course, they want to get control of the economy again. Because it's a dollar thing to them. And that, that's also what's at stake. But I think you're calling mainly about the other stuff, the uh, spiritual. And uh, by the way, Mr. Dow has, has the flu. He's down 453 points. He's running a high fever as a result of the uh, flu out there. Mr. Dow is down. But that means the big guys are going to move in and kill you and uh, make some money off it. They'll come in tomorrow and they'll trade you out of business and you'll get screwed anyway. But here we are. Let's take the calls. Where's Jeannie? Jeannie in California, line six. Jeannie, what's on your mind? Thanks for calling. Michael, I just called. I'm so proud of you to go back to synagogue. And if you got any emotion or special feeling, that's God using you to convince other people to believe. God bless you for that. You're so great. I'm a Catholic. And I belong to the Christian Jewish Fellowship in Israel, and we're all brothers and sisters. Uh, under- that's, as my friend Lorenzo said, uh, the Italian Catholic friend of mine who passed years ago, he says, same a corporation, different division. Yes, right. Exactly. God bless you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Change in perception. Try it out. Check it out. Just go there and get, get touched by something, and then go home, and you'll see the light changes slightly. It just it takes on a different... A different tone. Maybe just me. I don't know. Maybe I got high on a piece of sponge cake. There was something in it. No, I didn't eat anything there. <laughs> I don't eat that. The terrible thing is the food's awful. I mean, they're still eating that junk. The, the, the same poison food that I ran away from. When are they going to stop that with, with the sugar food and bad wine? Can't they, like, change it to, like, a, a piece of fruit? Ah, what are you going to do? Some, they get stuck. But I, I know ritual. I like people with, I like rituals. I like the Catholic rituals. I like the, the Jewish rituals. Ritual's important for mankind. Otherwise, you just wear shorts and run around on a Saturday and don't know what you're doing. It's funny, you know, you look around people, they don't know what they're doing. Like, oh, I'm going to go out and have lunch. Big deal. Another lunch. Oh, I'm going to go out and have lunch on a Saturday. That's, that's a Sabbath? It means nothing. So if you do set it aside and you do go to try and meet God somewhere, you say, I don't need God. You think I do it on my own. How well, how's that working out for you? You can do it on your own. How's that working out for you? It's a cynical view because most of you say that don't, don't care anyway. And what's the, I don't care what you care. It doesn't matter to me whether you believe in God or not. I'm not in the business to sell you. I'm not selling you like a trinket, like a God trinket. I'm asking you to send $12 to, to my uh, entity. I could do. I could have done that years ago. I could have been a guru. Years ago, people approached me and said, Savage, you're so compelling. You're so charismatic. You have such a remarkable biblical voice. You know, let's set up a... I, come on. I don't get into that. Make money off that. Never. Never. People who do that. Remember that Tammy one with the tears with the mascara? Every other day, another, another one was found in a car with a boy down in Texas. I was awful. One day they're preaching against sodomy, and this next day they're found in a car with a boy. 
The cop came in with a flashlight. She's it's horrible. You got to watch out, man, the preachy ones. <laughs> you just got to be careful. Watch out for the people who proselytize. I know many of you out there don't believe, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, hey, whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do, because you're not going to get out of this world alive. <laughs> no matter how tough you think you are, Mr. Weightlifter, it seems to me you're made of flesh and bone. You can't live forever. So what is that? Why should that change your life? We're supposed to live in fear? You're supposed to stop buying a new car because you're going to die one day? You can't buy a new pair of clothes? You shouldn't buy a house? No, the opposite is true. Because life is temporal or short, if you want to put it that way, you should go out and treat yourself to these beautiful things and celebrate life with our materialistic objects. That's a whole story unto itself that I want to, I'm, I'm writing a whole thing now about this. Remember my book, God, Faith, and Reason? It came out of nowhere and it became a, it came, it became a very, very popular book amongst my audience and the publisher never thought it would sell. I'm very proud to tell you it sold over 100,000 copies. Oh, big deals, not millions. Of, no, over 100,000 copies is an amazing victory for a book about God when you're not a preacher. So I could do another book, but I'm not going to do another book like that. But I'm writing a story related to mortality and related to the whole thing. If it turns into a book, it'll be another story. It'll never reach that level. I said to myself, Michael, write a story. Don't write a book. See, if I say I'm going to write a book, I can't do it. It's intimidating. So I said, what if I just sit and write a book now about my experience? Uh, uh, sorry, a story about my current experiences with this whole mortality thing. That I could do because it's a small, you know. So I started to write it. I'm just going to read one line from my head. And in the middle of it, I said, uh, this story is not going to have a plot because all plots are synthetic. The only real plot is the one that you're laid in at the end. I thought that was a very nice line. See, you don't have to write a, have a plot to write a story. That's a construct. I mean, I like to watch movies on that, Netflix and shows. They have plots, but they're all fabricated. But they're all fake, and we know they're fake. It's like you watch The Irishman. It's all fake. But that guy, what's his name? De Niro. I know a lot of people won't watch it because of that bum, that mook. They won't watch it because of him. Netflix thinks they made a lot of money with him. They would have made a lot of money without him. She plays like a hitman in in uh, in the Irishman who worked for the. Uh, it's crazy. The whole thing's fabricated. An Irishman who worked for the Italian mafia and did the killings for them, played by De Niro, and he says he's a house painter. I hear you're a house painter. What that means is he kills people and, and the blood splatters on the wall. You know what's sickening about that? Pelosi used that phrase a week ago about Trump. I was shocked. You know she's out of her gourd. Do you realize that she said that? She had the nerve with a laugh, with the, with the candies, with the extra liquid in her mouth to say to Trump, are you, a, are you a house painter? Like implying that he's a hitman, that he has people killed. I thought that was one of the sickest things I've ever heard in my life. You know, she ought to look in a mirror the next time she says a thing like that. It's just sickening how crazy they've gotten. No logic, no reason, just race class warfare. Mr. Dow has the flu. Maybe he'll get better tomorrow. Let's take some callers. Evangelical in Georgia. Carl, welcome to the Savage Nation. What's on your mind? Carl, what's on your mind, Carl? Dr. Savage, I just want to echo that sweet lady from California. I'm a redneck Baptist from Augusta, Georgia, 
and I love it when you talk about your faith. I think you're most powerful, even though in many ways I'm also a cynic, but I believe in the God of Abraham, and I love it when you talk about your faith. That's beautiful. It's a big chance for me to take. You've got to understand that, Carl, because people can easily categorize you in, in a negative way, or they can say he's making it up. I don't make any of this stuff up. You can tell it's real. Am I right? It's real. It's sure. as real as it was. Absolutely. In many ways, I'm like an ancient, Carl. I'm like a reborn ancient that was sent here for a purpose. And whether I have fulfilled that purpose or not at this stage is up to God, not up to me. I can't prejudge whether I have completed that journey. Can any of us ever do that, Carl? Can any of us say I have completed? Can we say I've completed my journey? I am struggling with the same thing you are. I'm 65 years old, and and I don't know how much longer that I have. I contemplate my mortality every day, and all I do is I say, God, I love you, and I hope you're merciful. Hmm. Wow. I heard. I hear you, man. I heard what you just said. I heard what you just said. You know, I was in the hospital a while ago, not going into details. It's unimportant. And then I had to go back like two weeks later. Something happened. It was like a false alarm that kept me over. Now, whatever. So there was a, an African nurse, real African nurse. And actually, she was a secretary who came in on a te- something about the credit card. But I looked very carefully into her eyes. And I saw something there, and I started saying to her different things. And one word led to the other, and all she was was a, a secretary, like a bill person in the, in the emergency area, right? And I just saw something in her, and she asked me, she said, you retired? I said, no. I told her what I'd do. And she looked at me very carefully, and she said, your work is not finished on this earth. She looked right through me, I'm telling you. We don't know who people are, Carl. I got to tell you. In my lifetime, I've met very remarkable people in the most humble positions. I'm sure you have as well. Uh, I have. God has been so good to me, and I feel so not worthy of the blessings that he's and the mercies that he's shown to me in my life and my family. I've been a very lucky man. Mm, Wow. You're very emotional now, aren't you? Well, and that's why I love it when you talk about your faith. I have a very close friend. He's like my brother. He's a Sephardic Jew, and I go to synagogue with him. And, and, and you know, I don't understand the Hebrew, but I read the English on the right side of the page. And, and I, I love the rabbi, and, and it's just wonderful. And uh, this is the faith that I believe in, and I just believe it. I can't prove it. I just believe it. Right. And here's the interesting thing is that even if you don't understand this bizarre Hebrew language— on the right side of the page, or you just read the columns in English. Here's a strange thing to say. It's from the mystical teachings themselves. The power of those Hebrew letters is in the white spaces in between the ink. The white. It's it's been said by the mystics that that's the power. So just staring at those Hebrew words in that prayer book, whether you know what they mean or not, it has some kind of direct effect upon the human mind. Because, look, let's be honest with each other. Judaism is the foundation of all monotheistic religions. Everybody knows that, right? First Judaism, then came Christianity, then came Islam, correct? Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that's the reality of it. So how can you throw away your grandfather's learnings, in essence, and say it has no meaning? And, and, and so the power of those words, allegedly relating directly back 
to Abraham, to God, to Moses, right? Is the power, that's the power, just the letters themselves. So if you run your hand down the page over those letters you don't understand, you're gonna feel a power come through you. A Holy Spirit will come at you. Thank you for calling, Carl, it means a lot to me. I'm getting some wonderful calls. I know it's not about Bolton. I know we've taken a break on the legal team. And uh, the, the guilty, not guilty. You want to do that one? Let's take a, a, a Trump caller here. Kenny and Petaluma, go ahead. Let's make it political. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, it's looking like Trump is guilty. I mean, why? Guilty of, wait, guilty of what? Of being, of being a, a tough uh, CEO? What is he guilty of? If you were on trial and there were four witnesses that could testify to your innocence, why would you not have them testify? But you're asking a question in reverse. In our legal system, we do not live in China or Russia. There is a presumption of innocence. Have you forgotten that? So because this is an uh, impeachment and... No, you, you didn't hear what I just said. In our legal system, <laughs> sir, if you were on trial, you would want a presumption of innocence, would you not? And you say there's a presumption of guilt so, on, on, on Trump because you hate him. So you're already saying he's guilty because he didn't bring anyone who says he's innocent. You have it backwards. So you think he wanted to be impeached? Sir, you're not asking the right question. No, I you're, am. You're, no, you just said he's guilty because he has no one there saying he's innocent. Why? No, that's not what I asked. I asked, why wouldn't you, if he had allowed those four guys to testify but what is the issue that makes him guilty what is he what, what is he guilty of you're accusing him of being guilty of what uh the impoundment act and uh campaign finance violations you're making it up out of out of thin air no you, i'm you're not. making it up you're making it up out of thin air if you had listened to jay Sekulow today you will find out that a president has the right to withhold foreign aid for any reason it's it's specifically in the hands of the executive. He's Not withheld. He's sorry. He's withheld aid to Guatemala and many other nations. So how could you say you had no right to withhold aid to a corrupt nation like Ukraine? Why not have someone, some expert, testify to that? He did. He just had lawyer explaining it in great detail today. He had three lawyers explaining it, but you didn't hear any of it Why? because you because you have made a presumption of guilt. You have you have prejudged the man and you have crucified him because you want him to be guilty. I thank you for the call and I thank you for listening so intently. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. Let me close the show with what I just said because I just tweeted it. Maybe the president will see this and retweet it. The libs and the progs have a presumption of guilt about Trump. The reverse of our legal system, where a presumption of innocence prevails. Now, I have not read that anywhere. I have not seen that anywhere, but it's common sense to me. Every one of them says he's guilty, impeach him. That's a presumption of guilt. But the reverse is true in a court of law, where a presumption of innocence prevails. And anyone listening to this show who is pointing the finger and say, hang him, crucify him, if you were to go into a court and you were to face the same rules you're trying to impose on Trump, you wouldn't be living in America anymore. You'd be presumed guilty before you even began. And that is your 
That's your Achilles heel with regard to this situation. That man is innocent until proven guilty. He is not guilty until proven innocent. And I don't think anyone has said this. Now, if they have, God bless them. I haven't heard it anywhere. But I want you to rethink about that. And I want you to go to my Twitter feed or my website. And I want you to retweet Lib Progs have a presumption of guilt about Trump, the reverse of our legal system, where a presumption of innocence prevails. He is innocent until proven guilty. And uh, Schiff and Nadler have not proven him guilty at all. As a matter of fact, you couldn't even make that presumption until you heard the defense, which you're hearing now. But you rushed to judgment, didn't you? Which just shows what you have become in the face of your political confusion. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Savage. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 